Okay, welcome back. Another Locked On Syracuse, a Thursday edition. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse to catch all our favorite clips from the podcast and just any other breaking news Syracuse related. That's at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. So Ty, third straight day that we're starting off the show by talking about a small fort that Syracuse has offered in the class of 2022. The latest today or came out yesterday, Kamari Lands, who is a very highly ranked small forward out of Indiana, 6'5", 195, a guy who is basically top 30 across the board. ESPN has him as high as number 23, and we've talked about how they kind of had the guards sort of set in terms of the guards they were after in that 2022 class. Obviously, you already have Dior in your back pocket, so to speak, the number five recruit in the class and now we were kind of waiting for them to go more in on small forward and they've delivered i mean this has been quite the week in terms of since this contact period has opened up they have gone all in on the small forward position and i I think this goes back to the same thing i said on yesterday's show it shows to me at least the confidence that they have that alan griffin is getting a waiver because they are going to need to probably fill a hole at the small forward or the wing, the three, whatever position you want to call it, that's where they're going to have to find the need. And I think that, I mean, Kamari Land's super talented guy, and you always, you love the prep school guys too. La Lumiere, one of the the highly yeah. regarded, one of the more up Isaiah and coming. Stewart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the more up, some up and coming. Thoughts, yeah, exactly. But one of the more up and coming prep schools, La Lumiere, you're seeing their name tossed around a lot more often. And, with the the offers that he's got that he's gotten so far, yeah, it, the list looks small now, but it's going to continue to expand. He's got the big offers: Marquette, Xavier, Texas Tech, DePaul, but he's also getting interest from Louisville and Indiana. I I'd, I'd be unbelievably shocked if he didn't get an offer from either one of those schools. I know La Lumiere has has good ties to to Louisville, albeit that that was the the prospect who who got them in trouble. But that's a whole different yeah. uh, Brian, with uh, Brian Bowen. But that, right. that's a whole different can of worms that we won't open up right now. But I'd imagine that he gets a number of other local Indiana schools, Purdue, Butler, and then I'm guessing probably a lot of other Big Tens will start to reach out too. You figure both the Michigan schools, Ohio State, I'd imagine would get into the mix as well. So he's going to have a, a hefty, hefty offer sheet here. Yeah, Syracuse will have competition. And, you know, you look at his ratings, and 24-7 Sports has him number 37, ESPN number 23. You'd think the offer sheet might sound a little bit better, but I think that just goes to show you what we were saying the other day on this podcast, that patience, because this 2022 thing is still really, really early in the process. We know that when it's all said and done, Syracuse is going to be competing against basically the likes of any school that wants to have Kamari lands or any school that he would like to go to I'm sure he could go to to an extent you know you see guys like Chance Westry he just picked up a Kentucky offer this week that's going to keep happening and happening because it's kind of good to see but Syracuse is in conversations with these guys that are really really highly ranked so we're going to only see the more offers come in when you look at Lanz's game in particular has kind of some herky-jerkiness to his game, some good dribble moves, spin moves in his arsenal, attacks the rim pretty well, it seems like. His shot is maybe a little bit slow to develop at times, a lot of knee bend 
there, but he definitely has some range. And given his size, 6'5", 195, has that kind of wiry athleticism to him that you would like to insert into a 2-3 zone wing position. He he seems to be someone that is already pretty polished, too, on the offensive side of the ball. And he fits the profile of what Syracuse is looking for in this 2022 class. Can I... I'm not going to read names. I'm just going to read ranking numbers of guys that Syracuse has offered so far. Oh, please. You ready? All right. Yep. And this isn't really in order. I'm just going off of a Matthew Gutierrez tweet that he put out. So you've got Dior Johnson, verbal commit, number five, number 57, number 20, number 27, number 43, number 65, number eight, number 37, number 83, number 49. There's only one Man. guy who has no yeah. rating that they've given an offer out based on social media posts that we've seen so far. So they're they're going all in. All the chips are being pushed to the center right now for this class of 2022. And I don't blame Jim Beheim. You've got forget the fact that you've got a staff that ha- has done really well these last couple of weeks with the recruiting. You've got Dior Johnson too, who is acting as a recruiter for your program as well. And when you look at the the profile of offers that have been given out so far, you'd imagine at least one of those other big name guys is going to come in and join with Syracuse. I'm not saying it's Kamari Lands. I'm not saying it's Zion Cruz. I don't know who it's going to be. But when you throw that many darts, something is going to hit. We don't know who it's going to be yet. I mean, many moons ago, we felt Chance Westry was a lock. I don't know if we feel <laughs> yeah. that way anymore. But you're going to see these offers come in. And again, patience is the big thing right now. Because to in my mind, if I'm a, a recruit, especially now that the live period is opening up, there is no reason for me to commit to a school for at least the next six months. I mean, play oh, out yeah. your high school especially season. Especially if you're 22. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think six is conservative in that measure too. I would actually say it's more like nine months because that's Wait when your high school... Wait until the world... Yeah. Yeah. First of all, yeah. I mean, Wait till the world gets back to normalcy. That's when your high school season is going to end. And then on top of that, I mean, you could go play AAU ball and you go to Peach Jam. You do really well there. You play really well on the circuit and those offers can continue to come in. So there's so much time left in this cycle. I think patience is the big thing that we have to live by right now, not just in our daily lives, but... <laughs> in our fandom as well with these Syracuse 2020 recruiting targets. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but I would just advise patience, 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 because I don't think, and if I were a parent of one of these kids, I would say you're not committing until you're done with your junior season. There's just no reason to, in my opinion. Yeah. Unless it's a Benny Williams situation where you had Syracuse on your radar. Well, that's different too, because that's 2021. I'm right, talking totally. about all yeah. of these 2022 guys that I just don't see a reason why they should be committing right now. It's cool to get the offers right now and, and live in the moment of that and relish that. that. That's what you worked so hard your entire life to get now, but you want to put yourself in the best situation possible. You want to develop relationships with these coaches. So through that, I, I would say wait it out a little bit and... and if you're a Syracuse fan, don't get antsy. Don't don't think that just because yeah. these offers are coming in now that you're going to see a commitment in the next month because it, it's not going to happen. Right. I, I love that you're the level-headed one here, and it just gives me a sense of comfortability that I, I won't overreact too much because 
not that I'm that antsy fan. I think I'm with you entirely that, you know, as much fun as it is to talk about 2022, and that's where I've been putting a lot of my energy in terms of researching these guys and where Syracuse stands, it is 2022, and it's still it's a long so ways away. It's so far away. I mean, we've ta- so we talked far. about this yesterday. It's so far away. I mean, you're looking at a year and a half now until – these yeah. guys, I mean, some of them might even make their their decisions in a year and a half. That that's right. Th- th- there's so much time, so much can happen between now and then. Yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked to see maybe Chance Westry, but anyone outside of that, I think I'd be pretty surprised to see them commit really anywhere. Not not just like if Syracuse picks up another commitment. I saw late last night zion cruz got an offer it went sort of public on twitter from alabama and dior put about 15 orange emojis in the quote tweet of someone's master recruiter love it yeah so for the brand i mean it's a fun spot to be in i might get a little over antsy but i got you to to keep us level-headed here listen i I don't want to sound like i'm I'm debbie down no no all right because i'm not i'm just saying don't don't get mad that these kids aren't committing in the next two three weeks because this is a long process that for these kids is literally starting now i mean this is the beginning of this process for all these kids yeah and i think you see dior too you see dior and you think all right the rush is on like no dior is dior is the outlier in all of this he is he's the one that was yeah i mean you don't see 2022 guys. I mean, we brought this up yesterday. Dior's the only five-star that's committed so far. So this is a long, long, drawn-out process, and, and he is he, it's unorthodox the way that his recruitment played out. So that's the update today on the 2022 basketball class and football recruiting to get to in just a sec because Syracuse offered a quarterback yesterday, and it's a quarterback that might be leaning towards Cuse and nearing a decision soon so we'll get you caught up on him but first got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com that is the best way to maintain and repair your car right now or truck rockauto.com a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything you could ever need in your car from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil or if you just need to slap on a new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door in a safe manner right now. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And once you go to rockauto.com right now, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let's talk some football recruiting next. All right, so now we talk some football recruiting, and the search for the quarterback continues. Syracuse missed out on Riley Leonard, who committed to Duke in the early stages of this 2021 class. Dino Babers has been vocal about trying to get better at getting that quarterback early on in the cycle. Well, they have recently offered a kid from California, a dual-threat kid, Justin Lampson, who was also in that 2021 class, 6'3", 215, has bulked up a little bit, kind of Eric Dungy 
esque frame on him. Yeah, he's up and... 25 pounds during this quarantine. Ah, and dang. it's not the 25 pounds that you and I have put on Tim from sitting on our no. couches, playing video games, and eating eating junk food. And No, this is a legit 25 pounds of muscle that this kid's put on. So he, yeah. he he's shown it's... that he is super dedicated. And that's, that's the thing with some of these college athletes and potential athletes is they are taking advantage of this quarantine period because again, it, it may be a little tough to organize workouts and throwing a football, but you, you can you can work on your body during that time. And that's what some of these guys have been doing, including Justin Lampson. Yeah, he's put on the Bryson DeChambeau twenty five pounds in quarantine. <laughs> five protein shakes a day? Is that what he's yeah. is that what he's hitting right now? <laughs> I think it's five to seven is the official uh way that he's characterizing the protein shakes, but Hey, I mean, he's hitting it like 380. So anyway, we we sidetracked. We golf. have to get Justin our golf Lampson. picks in for this week too. We're gonna do that next yeah. segment. All right, just real quick, we're gonna do that next segment. Yeah, they got the the Hilton Head coming up. It's mm-hmm. fun to have live sports back. We get excited about it. So this is also kind of a pretty big deal. This Justin Lampson offer because you read an article that Mike McAllister wrote, 247sports.com. And he's pretty vocal about Syracuse. It kind of got me excited, Tyler, because he says Cuse is definitely one of his top schools. They That he was, quote, waiting on that offer from Syracuse. He had been in contact with Sterling Gilbert. It had really picked up the whole staff the past two to three weeks. He's talking to Dino Babers today for the first time. He's all excited about that. And also, even though we're in this time period where a lot of Syracuse recent commits have committed without visiting, Despite being from California, Justin Lampson has made a point to check out the campus. He has been to Syracuse, also has visited Wyoming and Louisville, and he says he's making a decision soon. One to two weeks is how he worded it to Mike McAllister. So I'm hearing Syracuse visit, definitely one of his top schools, was waiting on that offer, likes the staff, talking to Dino, and I'm getting excited because it's maybe one to two weeks and Syracuse could have a quarterback in this class. Not to overreact, but it feels like this is trending in the right direction. It was an unofficial visit based on everything that, that I read on yeah. it, but I, th- it's the same type of visit that he took at Wyoming and Louisville. So there's nothing new in that regard. And when I see the quote that, that you mentioned there, the offer we were waiting for, to me... That spoke major, major volumes. And the reason why he says it's the offer that he was waiting for is because you look at the academics that Syracuse brings along with the level of play. That is what he wants because this is a guy, he's got some Ivy offers in there. So he's a smart kid. I I believe I saw his GPA is 3.5 or something like that. So he's a smart kid and, and the Ivies are going after him too. So when you see that, that's when you know that, okay, this kid wants the blend of the high major academics along with the high major football play. And that's what Syracuse, I think, brings. Much more than Louisville, much more than some of these other schools. Now, the thing that scares me is that I saw that UCLA was showing some interest too. So Ooh. that could be something a little closer to home. That, that That's the thing that maybe scares you a little bit. If UCLA starts to get in the mix, or maybe USC comes knocking on the door, or a Stanford, Cal, I mean, any of those Pac-12 schools in California would scare the living hell out of me. But if the competition right now is Louisville, Wyoming, and, and some of the Ivies, I like Syracuse chances 
if that's going to be the the deciding stuff right there. I liked how he said in his tweet when he tweeted yesterday that Syracuse has given him an offer. I think he worded it Syracuse and the an offer from the ACC in Syracuse or something like I got an offer from the ACC. And that's something that maybe we overlook is that's a big deal to play in a big time conference like that. That's an appeal that Syracuse has that some of these other programs that they're going up against in terms of quarterback commits and quarterback recruits might not be able to say. So I thought that was good to see as well. I'm, I'm definitely getting excited about this one, given what we read in that Mike McAllister article. And I like his game too. He's not rated yet on 247sports.com, but he's a solid three-star really all the way across the board. They do have him as the 18th best dual threat quarterback in the entire cycle. 51st best player in California, which is definitely a talent rich area. Yeah, that's worth noting. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a big arm and he's put on some weight. And you got to think that him kind of having a similar body type to Eric Dungy, if you're Dino Babers, I think he could bring that up. Hey, I don't know if you've watched Eric Dungy's tape, but go check that out. We made him look He's pretty good. He's a legend in, in Syracuse. And, I mean, yeah, like when you and I talk, all right, and, and just to to show maybe Eric Dungy didn't have the pro. Or, again, it's the jury's still the case isn't closed on Eric Dungy's pro career. Maybe he hasn't had the pro career he would have expected so far. But when yeah. you and I talk about guys that we want to have on this podcast. Eric Dungy is on that oh, Mount right Rushmore yeah. uh, of guys that we would love to talk to just because of the legend that he was during his time at Syracuse. So when I see Justin Lampson, I see a lot of Eric Dungy in him. Uh, West Coast guy, very similar build. I mean, True. the work ethic I'd imagine is right there because you saw Dungy bulk up during his time at Syracuse and put on 30, 40 pounds of muscle during his time with the orange and i mean lamson very similar dimensions west coast guy a lot of the same offers some ivies wyoming and i think that this is this is a guy who could really help and think about this too because the guy that you're recruiting now is kind of who you want to breed to be a starting quarterback at, at some point during your time like the last I wouldn't. I won't say the last cycle, but the two or three cycles before that, you're not necessarily looking for the guy to be the starting quarterback because you had Tommy DeVito. It was more of an insurance policy that you were recruiting yeah. because no no one was really gonna compete with Tommy DeVito. He's he's talented enough to to hold the starting job down during his time at Syracuse. But this is a guy that you're looking at to potentially be a starter one day because you don't have any high-profile guys in, in the classes that, that you've previously recruited to play the quarterback position. Now you got to change that in this class. And we talked about this a little bit with Riley Leonard, how this has to be the class where you're picking up the quarterback of the future and the guy to be the face of the program for a little bit. So it's going to be an interesting conversation with Dino today. I know he's very excited to talk to him. And I think Dino's pitch is exactly what we've said you can be Eric Dungy. We see Eric Dungy in you. Yeah, and that's a good point you bring up there with DeVito. Maybe that's something that was overlooked a little bit in the past couple of cycles. It's tougher to get a top-notch quarterback when they know that they might not have a clear path to playing, at least not until deep into the Yeah, because their all their quarterbacks career. they got were late in the cycle, too, when they picked right. them up. 
Yeah, uh, we've been waiting for someone like this early on in the cycle. We got our hopes up, I think, a little bit on Riley Leonard. That looked good. I, I'm almost cautious to do it again, but you read that article, you read those quotes, we say, I feel good about this one. I like that he's making a decision soon, and the fact that he made it a point to visit Syracuse. Now, he did visit Louisville and Wyoming, so almost to me, he hasn't officially announced anything like this. Maybe I'm off, but... I feel like that's his top three because yeah, if let's I think say that's his a, family, a good estimation right there. Yeah, let's say his family or his mom is like, well, I, I want you to do what's best for you. I'm cool with you making a decision, but let's make sure we see it first. Maybe that's what she said, and then they went to those three schools that are kind of all spread out across the country too. So I don't know. I mean that that bodes well for me that Syracuse is definitely. I mean he said they're a top school, so they're definitely in the top three, top two, right there for getting Justin Lamsom. And now we'll just have to wait and see if it comes in a week or two weeks. But it would be great to get one early in the cycle. And I'm sure we'll find out in two weeks. Yeah, his quarterback coach was Josh Allen's quarterback coach too, so <laughs> right. he'll go to Wyoming <laughs> or whatever. But oh, as we found out with Riley Leonard, way too late. But. No, I, I, I like his game a lot. That and really bugged me. Yeah. How did we not know that? Like, <laughs> anyway. We, we weren't asking the hard-hitting questions, okay? We, we didn't earn our, our, our big J's during that time, all right? But that's okay. We're, we're, not, we're not in it to be big J's. We're in it to have fun. So I'm going to throw a comparison out at you, all right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you're going to feel about this because you're not from, from my neck of the woods. But Jay Cutler... Uh-oh. I see a lot of oh, Jay man. Cutler in him. And I'm sure some people hear that and are like, no, like that's that's awful. Listen, if I'm comparing, <laughs> you know me, Tim. Reality if, star, Jay Cutler? Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll get him and Josh Huff on a, a little reality show together, the, uh, like the Friday right. Night Tyke stuff. <laughs> no, but when I, when I talk about Jay Cutler, and you know me, Tim, I love Jay. I know. Jay is the best quarterback I've seen for my Bears during my time. Uh, it's okay? so sad. And, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Mr. I was spoiled with Brady for two decades. But yeah. so when I talk about someone like Jay Cutler, I see toughness, I see arm strength, and I see the ability to move outside of the pocket. And that is exactly what I see when I watch Justin Lampson. And he's been – when I watch his tape – very very good going to his weak side and throwing on the run that way and i mean i see a cannon in his arm he's got that arm strength he's got some finesse and touch to it as well so i i listen if if syracuse brought in a jay cutler i think you and i would be very very happy with that yes i mean i'll give you the comparison I would say that Jay would probably put on a different quarantine 25 if he was in the situation <laughs> I think that Justin right, Lansom yeah. was in. Yeah, but no, I mean, I love that he put on some weight. I love that he has that Eric Dungy frame, and, and we'll wait and see on Justin And Lansom. he's, he's got the dual exciting. threat. He can run, too. That's something I don't yeah. think we've really mentioned. Him. He can run, too. And he's right. it, when he's, you put on that, on that strength, he's going to be able to, to run through some guys like Dungy did. Yeah, he's firmly a dual-threat quarterback, and I think in Dino's system, originally we thought DeVito would be better suited. Now it's still, the the full book isn't out on DeVito, but he's also proven that he can really make great work with a dual-threat quarterback. So excited about Justin Lampson. Some interesting news to get to next on Jesse Edwards and his chances of making it back to America 
before kind of basketball season gets going. There's some rumblings now, and he was talking to Matthew Gutierrez, he and his dad, our buddy over at The Athletic. We got some interesting news to give you on Jesse Edwards next. Okay, wrapping up this Thursday show with some important news here at the end and just a lot to get to today, so we kind of had to sort of push it back. But Jesse Edwards, obviously many know the center that is entering a sophomore season for Syracuse. He is back in the Netherlands, which is his hometown, of course, or his home country, I should say. And he's the only Syracuse international player, we should say, off the top that is experiencing this, but... There's some concern on when he will make it back. A lot of Syracuse players are starting their workouts June 27th, the voluntary workouts, and it seems like plenty of them are going to take that up and go back and try to do what they normally do, have somewhat of a normal build-up to the season basketball-wise. For Jesse Edwards, though, Ty, Matthew Gutierrez wrote a good article at The Athletic on how He's not a professional athlete, so despite going to the embassy, the United States embassy, and saying, hey, like, I'm a Syracuse athlete, I need to get back, they're not really giving him any sort of preferential treatment in that regard. They're only saying professional athletes can make the travel or lift the travel ban, so to speak, and come back. So kind of a sticky situation that... I read and I was kind of a little bit scared about what this means for his growth as we trend towards his second season. His father did not seem optimistic that he was coming back to the States anytime soon. And that worries, I mean, obviously there's bigger issues right now with everything going on with COVID-19, but that worries me a little bit. And a lot of people will say, oh, this isn't an NCAA issue. This is, a, in its true essence, a government issue, which, yes, in essence, they are right. This is a government issue. We've got the, the travel bans right now of getting back into the United States from, from Europe. But what I will say is this. This is how the NCAA shot themselves in the foot by being incompetent in the first place. I mean, the, these athletes right now are getting screwed because of this quote-unquote amateur designation even though tim both you and i know despite the fact that they don't make a dime off of their athletic performances they live the lives of a professional athlete in the regard of how much time they are putting in the training and everything that goes into this so if the ncaa had somehow found a way to compensate these players beforehand then we're looking at a, a whole new ball game and when you've got a multi-billion dollar entity like the NCAA, a good lawyer could work his way into getting these kids back in from overseas right now. And there's a, around 20,000 international NCAA athletes that they don't know if they're going to be able to come back in the it's fall. It's a big problem. And that is a big problem. And this is on the NCAA. They're going to blame the government for this. And yes, the government, whatever, you're doing your job. You don't want to to bring in people because of the the pandemic going on because this is a global issue. But this is the NCAA shooting itself in the foot because they were stubborn and they lived by the whole, we can't compensate these guys, they're amateurs. This is their problem. They caused this problem. All these professional sports, they're getting in easy because there's compensation to be made. If the NCAA had had this in place 
we would be talking about a whole different thing. And if you had to ask me, I would guess Jesse Edwards would be back in the United States getting ready to train right now. Yeah, it's really troublesome because you hear Jesse's dad talk to Goody about it, or you don't hear him, but Goody wrote it down, of course, on the athletic. And yeah, it's a long distance Jesse... call right there. I don't know if Goody. If I, <laughs> I know, I know the athletics. They, they they like to compensate their writers well, but I don't know if Goody's got the, especially for the conversations and the length of conversation that he has. I don't know if he's got that in the the budget. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there are definitely some fees associated with that. Maybe they could do Uber conference or Zoom or something. Yeah, exactly. As, yep. I, I don't know if that that's even possible. But Jesse's dad was saying how Jesse's been training a lot with some other guys who are D1 players, right. and they're all in the same boat. They've all gone to the embassy, and they've all gotten that same answer back that you're not a professional athlete, so we can't give you any sort of preferential treatment Alan Griffin, the assistant coach, says it's wait and see right now, and it's a government issue like you were talking about a little bit. So I don't know. My first thought on this was I have always kind of been pro Jesse Edwards redshirting this offseason. I've been on that camp just since Frank Anselm has committed. I feel like there's enough centers, and he's the type of player that I really don't think it would be wise to at least redshirt him for one season. I've always said that given how raw he was coming in, if you have the opportunity, redshirt him because he's a long-term project. You want to get the most out of him. And I think by redshirting him, that gives you some more time for him to develop and then be really good in his fourth or fifth year on campus when you really need him. So now I feel like this might only increase the chances of him redshirting. If it does take a while for him to get back to campus, then like kind of by default, he's behind the eight ball even more so than he'd like to be and even more so than he has been maybe in terms of his growth. So I don't know, to you, does this impact your view on the center position next season at all? I'm going to go one step further than you. If he can't get in by the end of the summer, this is the nail in the coffin. And rightfully so. I mean, if this would be good for him in the fact that I mean, red shirt, he needs a red shirt, I think. You and I have both said that before. We think that this is a guy, again, he had the raw ability. I do think he he showed some bright spots during his time as freshman year, and he can put together a, a nice little career at Syracuse, but he, he does need time. He's a guy who's going to thrive as long as he has five years. And to me, I just think that when you look at how pivotal this summer would have been for him. I think this is the nail in the coffin right here. This is everything the coaching staff needs to justify a redshirt. And rightfully so. I would do it too if I was the coaching staff. This is the perfect opportunity for you because you don't know how much time you're going to get to train with him. I mean, Matthew Gutierrez put this in his article too. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the guy who's been the voice of the entire pandemic, he said in an interview with The Telegraph that that Europeans might not be allowed back in the country until there's a vaccine. And there may not be a vaccine when the college basketball season starts. So there's no guarantee that Jesse Edwards is getting back into the country until 2021. We don't know. If that's that's the the letter of the law that they're going to live by, there's a chance he's not back in the country by then. We'll see how 
schools yeah. and the and the government deals with international students in general, not just athletes, but international students coming back into the country. Again, these schools, they're going to tell you and, and they're going to want their tuition money. They don't know right now. They just don't. They, they're, they're trying to sell hope right now. And that's fine. You can sell hope all you want, but they, they don't know what's going to happen when these kids come back to school. They, they don't. It's scary. And I do think it definitely increases the chances of Jesse Edwards getting a red shirt. Maybe you'd hope the NCAA steps in if it's. But what ground do they have to stand on? On all of this. I mean, mean, that's that's my whole point with this is these kids aren't making money. And the way that we saw online classes work this past semester, I mean, you you were a part of those online classes. If they can weasel a way out to say, all right, international students. They're going to do everything online. They're going to do it because, I mean, the government does not want foreign people coming back into this country right now. They, they just don't. And yeah. I, I, I have a hard time seeing a way where the NCAA is going to get some sort of exemption out of this. I, I, I just don't see how it's going to happen. It could be the type of thing that the more international players you have, the more it hurts your team. And the good thing for Syracuse is they have five international players, but by all accounts, according to some sources who are talking to Goody, Jesse Edwards is the only guy that is outside of the United yeah, States I think, right now. So, so they have five international guy guys, but only three of them actually live outside the country. So yeah. it's Quincy Garrier, Marek Dolajai, and and Jesse Edwards. The uh, John Bolajak and Brahma Sidibe were the other two, but they live in the country now. So That's true. Yeah. So when I look at that, the smart move by them obviously staying in the United States and I don't know where Marek's staying right now, but I know Jim Beheim has chided about his girlfriend in the past, so I'm guessing he's probably <laughs> with with her family as well. Fun fact, Marek Dolajai almost hit me in her car one time. I was walking down the street and I was he was coming out of a parking garage. He was driving or the he, girlfriend? No, he was driving her car. And he comes out and just slams on the brakes and nearly hit me. And I, I, I look and, wow. and and I knew Marek a little bit. And he, he gave me a little like wave out of it. But yeah, <laughs> no. So, um, I mean, that that's, that's one of those things where, I mean, he got lucky in, in that regard that, that he's staying in the United States and he had company to stay here otherwise oh, i thought you were saying he got lucky that he didn't hit you well no but... <laughs> i got lucky he didn't hit me <laughs> yeah. um but both ways yeah no but when when you look at this situation i mean that was a guy who's going to be or i mean he is going to be a pivotal player for syracuse probably a guy that's gonna start and yeah the fact that he's in the country right now is huge for the oranges prospects in 2020 so we'll keep monitoring Jesse Edwards. Some good reporting there from Goody and kind of caught me off guard, but now we'll see where it goes from here. And hopefully that thing will get straightened out to the point that he can get back before the season, if it does happen, gets up and running this year for Syracuse. Tomorrow on the show, really fun conversation with the TBT general manager, talking all things TBT with Kevin Belby. Going to be fun as we get closer and closer to July 4th, the start of the tournament. July 7th, the start of Syracuse playing, Bayheim's Army playing in the basketball tournament again. Really looking forward to that. So be sure to check out the show tomorrow. We're here with you every single weekday on the Lockdown Syracuse podcast. But that'll do it for today. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you with Kevin Belby tomorrow. <laughs>